The following podcast is sponsored by Endgame PR, a social media PR firm based near Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about how Endgame PR can help your business with media relations, social media management, content creation, and even podcast production, please visit endgamepr.com. That's E-N-D-G-A-M-E-P-R.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Damn it. You know what's frustrating is that I really wanted VCU to hold them to half or below half of what Davidson got yesterday. I really wanted V. I really wanted VCU to keep them under fifty, so it meant that Davidson scored half of what they got yesterday. Of course, Kellen Grady had to make that three at the end, which means, which puts a gloss on a scoreline that he doesn't deserve because they wiped him out for most of this game, even though he got thirteen points. But let's just let's just start. This for me is the best tournament win since they beat Dayton in the final. You could argue if you want to go back one game further when they beat Davidson in that semifinal, you could certainly argue that. But uh, in any tournament, in any tournament in the last since 2011, because that Davidson team who do what they, and I talked about it, you know, the preview, they're not going to break from their principles. They're going to do what they do. They're going to keep doing it even if it doesn't work because they believe eventually it will work. But it didn't, really. I mean, Davidson did shoot a lot better in the second half. They could hardly have shot worse. But in the end, they can't even hit 30%. In the end, they're third, they're 9 of 27 from three. And two of those were Grady at the end when the game was gone as a contest. And Stephen Keck, you talk about Hassan Ward. Ward did have a hell of a night. But the whole front line in the second half, that's the thing. Levi Stock, even Levi Stockard, too. The whole front line in the second half, flipping nine of 11 from the field. That's Stockard, Ward, and Douglas. Nine of 11 from the field as VCU shoots 65% in the second half. That is just. That's just absolutely fantastic. And the thing is, even with a great backcourt like what VCU has, even with Bones Highland, you still the fundamentals are still the same. You work inside out. You start up front. You score points in the paint. You set things up. If I'd have told you at halftime, if I'd have told hell, tell anybody. All Bose Highland's going to get in the second half is two for five for four points. He's not going to make a free three. He's not going to make a three free throw in the second half of of a of a a ten semifinal against a team that just beat us a week ago. All of us would have been like, "Oh bleep, we're in trouble," but we weren't in trouble. And and here's and here's a and you want to sum this game up? Here's another one for you. Second half, they shot the ball, the 17 field goals, 
10 assists on 17 field goals made, seven turnovers. That is running offense the way you're supposed to. And they didn't have to go to the foul line and make a bunch of free throws because, again, bizarrely, Davidson wasn't fouling, which was so strange, much like uh, Dayton yesterday wouldn't do it either, which I thought was weird. But that's the, that's the thing. After such an awful first half, VCU in the second half, they, they ran the offense beautifully. And Ace Baldwin, who had some questionable plays in, in the game throughout, Four assists in the second half. He did have three turnovers. Ends up with seven assists for the game. Uh, just tremendous from Ace. And seven points. He hits three of four. Here's something else. They got slapped silly on the boards last week. This time they win the board battle by five. 39-34. Out-rebounded Davidson by seven in the second half. That is absolutely monstrous. If you go to the second half, let's see here. Let's go back to the second half here. Because Davidson, Davidson only had the four offensive rebounds in the second half. And actually, VCU tied him in that. And second chance points were tied as well. VCU plus 10 in points in the paint. That wasn't happening last week. Did not happen last week. And even with the, and here's the funny thing. Davidson only had four turnovers in the second half and dominated points off turnovers in the second half. They were plus eight. So they... VCU had seven turnovers in the second half. Davidson got 13 off of them. So they took advantage of every VCU mistake, and it didn't make a difference. It didn't make a difference because in the half-court game, and it made me laugh to hear the TV announcer say, oh, you know, VCU needs to pace up, and they need to be helter-skelter. And he said it with like eight or nine minutes left. Can they see out nine minutes running clock and in the half-court? You bet your sweet bippy we can. Because that's what we did in the second half. That's exactly what we did in the second half. VCU in half court at both ends of the floor. Both ends of the floor. Dominating. Davidson, zero fast break points in the second half. They needed to run to beat this team down the floor. They couldn't do it. They got two the whole game. They got two the whole game. So VCU... No, not giving up any fast break points. Davidson couldn't do anything in that half court except for that little run they had to kind of to kind of hang on to VCU's coattails. Because that's the other thing. I don't think the I don't think the lead got below seven that the VCU had at halftime. If 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 memory serves, if somebody could pull me up on that. It might have got down to six once or twice. That's it. Mike Urbanski, yes, let's talk about Jameer Watkins. Jameer Watkins tonight, really, really good. Ten points, five boards, couple assists. Whoops. Don't know what I did there. Whoopsie. There we go. Uh, yeah, and, and he was he was making plays defensively. He was he had a couple of those shots where you're just like, what are you doing, kid? Taking them early in the shot clock. But he does have that confidence, and he's got that. And, and when he misses it or doesn't do something right, he forgets about it and, and just keeps charging forward. But, but that's the thing. VCU had total control of this game after that little run at the end of the first half. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, Ward, Ward he gets knocked in the nose, comes back with the top with a potential sports center top 10 play on the dunk. But that's the other thing. And I said it in the game thread. Hassan Ward could have been 
mean mugging. He could have been, look at me. He could have been celebrating that dunk. He's going straight back to go and play defense and to find his guy to play defense because Hassan Ward is not worried about admiring himself. He's worried about winning. And that's what I love about Hassan Ward. That's what I love about most of these guys. Most of these guys aren't about, aren't about admiring themselves. They're about winning the game. And let's, you know what? Let's give a call out to somebody like Stockard, who was awful in the first half and gets, you know, makes two out of three from the field in the second half and gets seven boards to lead the team on a night where they win the rebounding battle against Davidson. So let's give Stockard, who we were all mad as hell at in the first half, some credit. Because uh, cause he 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 played well in the second half. And they all did. They all had to. Because again, Highland had four points in the second half. That's the other thing. VCU gets 40 points and Highland got four of them. So, you know, these folks, and you know you're going to hear it next week when CBS has a game and you're going to hear it during the tournament. Well, if Bones Highland doesn't do this, that, or the third, point to this game right here. Because Bones Highland was basically anonymous for most of it. He had 12 points. He didn't make a three-pointer. He did have four assists, which was good. He had five rebounds, which was good. And that's, and that's the other thing you got to love about Bones Highland is that he's going to find a way to contribute one way or the other. And a defense. Holy cow. Highland, Baldwin, what a job they did defensively. You know, take away them last two threes Grady made because they didn't mean Jack. Grady and Lee were six of 19. Combined, they put the stop right on them. Six of fourteen from three, which means I think Grady. So I mean, you know, Grady makes two twos and that's it. Did a great job defensively on those guys, and and just again, you just go back to twenty nine percent. You know, twenty nine point eight percent. I mean, that's the thing. Davidson only had eleven turnovers. Only had four, and, and they had fourteen assists on seventeen made baskets, which means when Davidson was getting their offense, you know, they freaking they, – they were doing it in the way that they, they like to do it. They were doing it with sharing the ball, but they just simply weren't doing it enough. And it's because VCU – and we've seen it so many times this year. They set the tone defensively, and, and Davidson had one field goal in the first eight minutes of the game, which was a three-pointer. And here's the other thing I enjoyed. Menenga and Brockovich, who – we're getting a little full and happy with themselves last week during the VCU game. Menenga, he dunked on it because was kind of staring over and doing this, that, and the other. Well, I'll tell you something, Menenga, 15 minutes, 0 for 3, no points, 5 rebounds. Have a nice offseason, you freaking schmuck. Get out of here. Brockovich, he had 10 points and 9 boards, but he's 3 for 7. You know, and he did hit a three in four turnovers. Four of their 11 turnovers. Um, so they did, they did a job on him, too. They did a job on him, too. And this didn't really – I mean, if you'd, have, if you'd have told people Highland's numbers before the game, you know, Williams only had eight points. Yeah, t- tell, tell the rest of the country that Highland and Williams are only going to get 20 points in this game. What are they going to tell you? They're going to tell you – that that uh, that VCU's getting its tail kicked. Well, it didn't happen. Dan, that's an interesting point because at halftime, 
I would have totally disagreed with you. At halftime, I would have said, if I'm Davidson VCU, I'm saying, thank God I'm not playing tomorrow. But that second half was so good that I do kind of wish VCU was playing St. Bonaventure tomorrow. Although St. Bonaventure, whoo, that was impressive, the way St. Bonaventure kicked the holy mess out of, out of St. Louis. I, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting St. Saint Bonaventure to hand St. Louis their lunch like that. So the, the eight-day lay – here's the good thing about the eight-day layoff, Dan. Vince and his back, eight days off is going to help him. Whatever Highland was coming into the game, maybe it affected him, maybe it didn't. Eight days is going to help him. And, and I think – not that I want this format for future – not that I want this format in the future, but it is good not to be playing three or four games the weekend before the tournament, especially if we get the Thursday assignment, which is where we always get Thursday, it feels like. It's a different thing when you get Friday, but when you get Thursday and you've played Friday, Saturday, Sunday the previous week, it's tough. Especially, And, of course, I always go back to that example when VCU did win the A-10 they played four games in four days and then had to turn around and play Thursday. If they had somehow won that game, which they should have, because they were unlucky not to, they would have been playing six day, six games in eight days. I mean, they would have been just – I mean, they would have had nothing left. So it is – this is – and that's the other thing. If, a, if SBU and VCU have a really good tournament, um, maybe maybe this is something to think about. I've always said that the Big Ten was way better off when they didn't have a conference tournament and they played regular conference games right up to Selection Sunday because that's what they used to do when I was a kid. The Big Ten would play conference games all the way through while the little dance was going on, the two weeks of conference tournaments was going on, and you'd have Big Ten conference games on Selection Sunday. Um, and and I always thought that helped the Big Ten and it hurt the Big Ten when they went to a to a, to a, a tournament. So I really do think that there is some me- that that's the one thing. I think the commissioner did a terrible job in what she did, but she may luck into something in the sense that she's going to give VCU and St. Bonaventure the two likely conference representatives a pretty good situation going into the tournament. They'll have played the two games this weekend. They'll play Sunday. They'll be fresh. Whether it's Thursday or Friday, they'll be fresh and ready to go. And who knows? If, if St. Louis can get a game in with somebody, um, with, with, with somebody, and it's somebody good like Belmont who just got knocked out in the, in the, uh, in the Ohio Valley tonight, then maybe if they can get a few teams to lose in front of them, they can still get in. Uh, yes, Doug Hines. Uh, seven, by the way, seven bids for the Commonwealth is still on. UVA, VCU, and Tech. Liberty makes four. VMI is still alive in the Southern. They upset Furman in overtime in the semifinals. Uh, you got JMU. You got JMU, the number one seed in the, in the CAA. You have uh, Old Dominion, who is a threat in in the doggone uh, conference USA and you got Norfolk State and the MEAC who's a threat. So yeah, uh yeah, Virginia the state the Commonwealth of Virginia is one of the centers of 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 the basketball universe and it's great. But I'll tell you something, this this defensive effort. Oh, I can't wait. Uh sometime during the week I'm going to rewatch both of these tournament games 
And I'm just going to sit back. It's just going to be so lovely to watch VCU just completely flummox Davidson. And, and that's the thing. Here's You knew that they were in Grady's head when he was taking some of those shots, some of those terrible jumpers he was taking, where you're just like, whoa, what are you – I mean – you're not Steph Curry, Kellen Grady, and you can't be you can't be freelancing way outside of the offense like that, even as good as you are. And and look, he's a great player, and he went off yesterday against George Mason. But I guarantee you, they don't want him taking 15 shots in that game. I guarantee you, they don't want that. And Collins too. He took 12 shots. He was two for 12. He had no idea either. They were they were VCU was so in their head. Because they were missing open threes, but they were passing up good shots. Like, like right near the end when they when Brockovich is down by the post, he could probably dunk it, and he kicks it out. And it's like, yeah, you're down a lot, and there's only three minutes left. But damn, you've got to take the dunk when it's there. You got to take the two points when it's there. Uh, yeah, yeah, Young Jung Lee. I mean, he ended up with 13, but they did a good job on him. Because here's the thing. He, he was one of the only people that was really selective for, for Davidson. He only took seven shots because VCU made damn sure, and you saw it early in the game, one of them times they kicked it out to him, and there were two Rams players that were on lead like that. And he, and he passed it. He didn't force it. And, I, and that's to his credit. That's to Young Jung Lee's credit that he did that. But I know it's killing him that he only got seven shots and like Collins got 12 and Brockovich got seven shots. So, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Lee and how they work with him on that, because he's, he's not going to take a bad, he does not ever want to take a bad shot and he's a well coached and a smart kid, but I think they're going to have to say to him, or they're going to tell him, look, there are times where you're going to have to take a contested three and make it. You're not going to get an open three every time. They need, I think next year, they're going to need him to maybe be a little more selfish because, yeah, they, they attacked Lee at every opportunity, and they're like, we're not leaving your behind open. No flipping way. Um, St. Bonaventure, I mean, we know how the two games went. I don't want to get too much into it because I'm thinking, I'm thinking a bonus pod to talk about just that game is, is probably – going to be in the works. Uh, I'll just say this. VCU's outplayed St. Bonaventure in three of the four halves they've played them. So there's no reason why VCU should – I mean, if we were playing them tomorrow, I'd be a little concerned because, again, they they just they just flipping off St. Louis aside like they were in the trash. Uh, but we get a week, which is really, really good. Um Golly Moses, what this was just this was some game. This was some second half. This was some defensive effort. Um, overcoming technical fouls, silly technical fouls again. Doggone it. We gotta quit doing that stuff because there's a time when that's gonna bite us right on the hind parts. You don't want to be in a close game. What? And that's the other weird thing about this tournament. The only game that was close was VCU Dayton which really wasn't close. It was 19-point game halfway through the second half, and literally the closest Dayton got in the second half was that basket to beat the buzzer. So so it's so weird 
It's weird that we have a one versus two because that hasn't happened since 2013. It's even weirder that most of the A-10 tournament games have been non-competitive. You know, Richmond Duquesne was kind of close, I guess. That was it. So what the heck? Uh, I I mean, you'd think think we'd be on for a thriller and playing the game in Dayton – which will certainly help St. Bonaventure. They'll be very happy about not to have to play the game at, at the at the Siegel Center. Um, although that, you know, somebody mentioned Osunyi. Uh, I don't know who at the Richmond City Hall gave him a permit to have a block party on our property, but I, I was not having that. Uh, we can't have we can't be having that all the time. Oh goodness, goodness. Let's see here. I think I've covered just about everything I wanted to. Uh, just, I, I mean, I, I can't get enough of a defensive effort like that. And and somebody mentioned it about Rhodes being the defensive mastermind. Look, two years ago, this team was, I think, fifth or sixth in defensive efficiency. And while they're not quite as good at that as they were two years ago, this kind of effort was pretty darn regular two years ago. Uh, and again, against an offense as good as this, I mean, it's no joke. Davidson got that 99 points pretty damn legitimately. Set the A-10 record for turn for three-pointers made in the game with 17. And they just wiped them out. Yeah, Doug, it would have been awesome. Uh, this final in Brooklyn would have been would have been great because you know VCU travels and you know St. Bonaventure would have had loads coming down on the Sunday for it. Um and I don't know. I'm hoping that maybe they've relaxed the, the some of the some of the um regulations in Ohio and maybe they can have a few more people in Ohio so we could get something like that. Um, yeah, it was my done. It was crazy what they did. I mean, I was doing, I was doing the post game here and it was 24 to seven, like four minutes in. I mean, it was absolutely ludicrous what Davidson did yesterday and VCU just completely bottled them up. And that's the, that was the other thing too. When Kellen Brady missed the front end of that one-on-one, you knew mentally he was shot, completely shot. And that's what happens. And that's what VCU can do to people, which is why whatever seed they get, even if they are an 8-9, VCU is going to be a problem because they are one of the teams out here that can consistently stop people and can do it in such a way that you can really get about it big time. You can really lose your head. Uh, and you saw it. Kellen Grady kind of lost his head a little bit in that game. Took some terrible shots in the second half. You know, Davidson passing up some of the shots they passed up, especially late because they're desperate to get threes, even though they couldn't make them the whole night pretty much. You know, that's that that did that was evidence that VCU's defense was totally inside their head. Oh, let me give a call out to Banks and Medley Bacon, neither of whom played a lot of minutes. But Medley Bacon, I loved it. They went right into Brockovich against him. And Brockovich, after backing everybody down last week, he tried to back Medley Bacon down, and Medley Bacon was going nowhere. Oh, you think you're just going to put your behind in in, a, in Medley Bacon's chest and move him? I don't think so. So Medley Bacon stood strong there. That was great. Banks, that was such a beautiful shot. Uh I mean, the thing is, I would like to. I would like to get got Banks more minutes in this game. I really would have liked to to get Banks more minutes in this game, but it was hard to take anybody out, especially when they were playing defense. And here's the other thing too: good minutes distribution. Baldwin played 38, which again is probably a little more than I would have liked. 
Highland played 34. They were the only two guys over 30 minutes tonight, which is really, really good. And that's kind of back to where we were at the start of the season when, you know, we were when we were uh you know, not playing people a lot of minutes. Yeah, Brown Jones got hurt. I think Brown Jones would have played more, but he got hurt on that play where he got a technical foul because the guy freaking ran into him and, like, pork chopped him in the face. And they called a foul on him, and he got a tech, which is just was silly. Uh, but, you know, he'll, he'll hopefully be all right for next week. So the good news is, I'm going to see you selection Sunday with at least one VCU team playing. And let's cross our fingers for the ladies that they could be playing. And we might even get two. That'd be awesome. Um, so see you all selection Sunday here in the group. Uh, the, I did, although I will say uh, I, I can imagine a, a St. Bonaventure preview pod is probably going to happen. It's not a 100% certainty, but I, but the thought is in my mind, but Folks, let's just enjoy the fact that we're going to be sitting here Selection Sunday watching VCU play and knowing that VCU is going to be in the NCAA tournament. No question about it. I don't care care if Jerry Palm has us in the last four, you know, whatever. There ain't no way in the world uh, with yet another top 100 win, yet another quad two win, and with at least two quad one wins and perhaps a third one if if, if – uh, Memphis can do some do some do some work here and upset Houston tomorrow and then maybe do something in that tournament. Come on. Uh our, our profile's got to be pretty darn solid at this point. So, thank you all for listening. Bonus pod quite possibly to preview the St. Bonaventure game, but I'll see you all selection Sunday where hopefully VCU will win this A10 for the second time, which will be fantastic. Thank you all for listening. If, uh, for watching in the group and for your comments, I really appreciate it. If you're listening on Podbean or Apple, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, share it around. Thank you all for listening. Until next time. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, Join the Facebook group, VCU Basketball Fans, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.